Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, to my right, my co-host, Alexander Bradley Collins. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Swell. Swell indeed, sir. Did, did we go back to the 50s? That's uh, just my word of the day. So, <laughs> write that down. <laughs> so, I was on my car drive-in this morning. And I was having a conversation with a family member of mine. And the conversation was about rate of return. And I've had this conversation with this family member multiple times. And there are just things that I have learned through my career that I forget aren't inherently known by the the general public, in this case, the family member. And what I thought we could talk about today is the conversation around uh, average rate of return and actual rate of return. What do you think about that? Sure. It's a great concept. It, uh, it challenges people without them really understanding like what we get into. And oftentimes, after we start opening their eyes to the differences, it... it it can be a huge aha moment of like, oh, yeah, I, I knew that, but I hadn't actually fully put it together. Yeah, it's so much of it is we understand concepts in a siloed manner, meaning an individual uh, manner. But when you combine them, you haven't actually looked at it from that perspective. And then the big aha actually occurs. Yeah, like the individual concepts aren't necessarily that super challenging. However, it becomes an order of magnitude more complex when you start combining these ideas and concepts together. And that's, that's really what our job is designed to do is, is to think differently about how all of these concepts can fit together in ways that people don't normally do. So let's, let's dive right in. Let's, let's talk about average rate of return first. So when we're talking about average rate of return, in the end, and we'll show you the math behind this, the gains and losses are equal in weight. Sure. Is really what it comes down to. And, you know, we can, let's just put the math behind it. If you had a $100,000 asset and that asset in a year one got 50% growth, like a 50% rate of return. Awesome. Fantastic. In year two, it lost 50%. So year one plus 50, year two negative 50. What's the average rate of return? Depends on how you calculate average. In the, in, in the version that most people will look at, it'll be zero, correct? Yes. And that person will actually have lost money. Which is the actual rate of return, which we're going to get to in a minute. So let's talk about, I, I threw out there, gains and losses are an equal weight. This is really on the accumulation side when we're not pulling money out of the accounts or the portfolio. The, the money's going to go up and down, 
And it doesn't matter what the um, actual rate of return is in terms of the cycle of return, whether or not it starts negative or starts positive, the average rate of return, you're going to end up with the same um, amount of money 20, 30 years down the line. Yeah, what you're talking about there is is the sequence of the returns. Thank you, sequence. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> no worries. It, it doesn't matter whether you start out with negative 10 or positive 10 or, or you know whether the good years are at the beginning or the bad. If you're talking about a lump sum and you're just growing it over a 10, 20, whatever the time period is. However, it matters a ton when you start pulling money out of that account, sequence of returns becomes a, a massive risk when you're taking money out of the the accounts, whether it's for uh, college or to pay a mortgage or for retirement income or, or whatever else. Right. It changes the entire dynamic of everything. Sticking to the accumulation side, the, the average rate of return, if you think of a prospectus, you know, a lot of clients are looking at possibly buying a mutual fund. Sure. The prospectus, by the way, is the legal document that defines how exactly a mutual fund charges and all of the fun legal details of the mutual fund and its performance and details. Correct. Thank you for that. The rate of return or the average rate of return, oftentimes you'll see X fund, and let's just use the S&P 500. A perfect example of this, I think, might be like an S&P 500 index fund. Sure. Right. The history of the S&P has always produced an average rate of return, and we constantly hear this of 10%. Sure. Right. And that's what a lot of us are looking into when we're talking about our portfolios. Like, oh, well, I'll just invest in the market and I'm going to get in the, the market, by the way, and I'm using air quotes, is the S&P, even though we're not all invested in the S&P, we have different asset classes inside of that. But that's not for the point of today's conversation. The point of today's conversation is the average rate of return is 10%. Yeah, we constantly hear 10% thrown out. Sometimes it's a little bit higher. Earlier in my career, I heard numbers like 12%. It's definitely at times dip below 10%. So it is a moving average, but commonly folks will use 10% as the rate of return of the market or the S&P 500 or something of that nature, and just then broadly apply that to all securities. So from a planning standpoint, and this is really what we're getting into the weeds here a bit, but that's why we're talking about this is from a planning standpoint, I'm going to get an average rate of return of 10% on my $100,000 over a 30-year time horizon. And it doesn't matter the sequence of returns you're getting. As long as the average ends up being 10%, mathematically, you're going to end up at the same number 30 years down the line. Yes. Again, assuming that we have perfect uh, behavior and that we don't move funds around and that we're not adding to or subtracting funds periodically. This assumes more of the set it and forget it, come back to it in 30 years and see what happened. Exactly, which we both know behavior and everything you just said in that, obviously that's hard to do, but let's just give it the benefit for now. So 10 years, sure. 10%, that's the average rate of return. Now, let's flip it over to actual rate of return and we'll give the reason as to why these two concepts matter. The arithmetic or the actual rate of return on the same figures we just went over. So on the $100,000 figure, if we applied that 50% growth to the figure, now we're at $150,000, right? Yeah. 
And the second year, we lost 50,000. So then or we lost 50%. I apologize. We lost 50%. So you have to take 50% of $150,000. What does that equal? $75,000. And now we're down to $75,000. So the actual rate of return is negative 25%. With an average annual of negative 12.5%. Yes. One step further as you often do. So the, <laughs> the, that, you know, I'll speak for myself. When I first saw that, that changes, changed a lot of things when I was looking at average rate of return because the average rate of return is 0% in those numbers. But my money is down 25%. That yeah. doesn't make me happy. I thought I'd be equal. Well, and when we're not either adding to or subtracting out dollars, the order doesn't matter. So if we flip the order and now instead of a positive 50% rate of return to begin with, now we end up with a negative 50% rate of return. We go from $100,000 minus 50%, we go down to 50,000. And now we gain 50% year two, we're back right back, back up to, to 100,000. No, no, no. Oh. No. We're right back up to 75. You're right, right back up to 75 because it didn't matter. Exactly. See, so even <laughs> live, I know that, and I still got it wrong just because the dichotomy between the two are so different. Yeah, so when we're, if we're, if we've just got a stable dollar amount, it doesn't matter the sequence of returns. But once we start pulling money out or adding money to it, it changes it dramatically. Which brings us to why does it matter? So it, cha it changes it dramatically. This is when sequence of returns comes into huge effect. So now we're done with the accumulation phase, transfer into the retirement phase where you're actually taking money from your assets. Now, how does that affect? How does the actual rate of return really affect your portfolio? And what we wind up with here is talking about the, the sequence of return risk. And so it makes a much, much, much bigger deal to have the good years occur earlier in retirement versus bad years occurring early in retirement. If we have good years occur early in retirement and we're just taking out a static dollar amount, while that portfolio looks significantly better than if we're if we have negative returns at the beginning so let's walk through an example if we start out with a million dollars and we're pulling fifty thousand dollars out a year okay so we've got a million dollars we pull out fifty thousand now we've got nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars let's say we get a ten percent rate of return all right i'm trying to make the math relatively easy for myself 10% rate of return on a retirement portfolio may not be accurate or appropriate. We'll ignore that for a minute. I'm making the math easy. So now we add $95,000 and now we're back up to a million $45,000. So we actually gain. So we actually gain money in that situation. Exactly. Now, if we see the exact opposite, we lose 10% in that first year. Now we've pulled out $50,000, so now we have $950,000, and instead of gaining $95,000, we lose $95,000. So now we're down to $855,000. We're down 
just under $150,000 by pulling out 50 grand in year one of a portfolio that's supposed to last 20, 30, 40 years. And we've just chewed up almost one sixth of the portfolio in one year. Said differently, it's about your month. So in the accumulation phase, when the market is down, in your example, negative 10%, all of your money is still, you didn't cash out. Right. All of your money is still in the market, which means all of your money has the opportunity to then come back. Right. In the distribution phase, aka retirement, when you pull out 50000 that $50,000 you divested, from, right? You, you took the money out. You're, All of that $50,000 no longer has the chance of coming back. Correct. So it's a negative 10, 10% hit that year, plus the $50,000, plus the $50,000 growth that you could have gotten when you're still in the accumulation phase. It's a double whammy. Yes. It, it is a double, it is a double-edged sword that, that really hurts if you wind up having those negative returns early in retirement. And so that's one of the reasons why it's important to make sure that you map out what retirement looks like. It's important to make sure that you've got dollars that are not subject to the fluctuations of the market. And in, in, to my earlier comment of having a 10% fluctuation in a retirement portfolio, that might be too aggressive. Like we don't, we don't wanna try and average a 10% rate of return in a portfolio that we're taking an income stream from. You know, it's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of planners talk about the uh, bucketizing money and, and putting money into uh, a more of a stable value type vehicle or more of a fixed income type vehicle where we're not going to see- A lower risk type vehicle. Yeah, we're not going to see wild fluctuations. So when we first started today's podcast, it was about looking at two siloed concepts and, and th these concepts of like everyone understands for the most part average right you take the two you add them together and you divide by two yeah right concept that we learned back in grade school exactly but then when you look at the arithmetic like the actual what your account is actually doing seeing it actually be down twenty five thousand dollars or down 25 percent by looking at the actual return then merging it together as to why it matters in accumulation versus distribution phases changes the whole changes the whole well hopefully changes your entire mindset around how you're looking at your money right which is the whole purpose of this podcast it's the whole purpose of us getting in front of our clients and, and explaining how the how looking at your money holistically is so much more important than only looking at how your investments are doing in the market from a rate of return perspective yeah it, again, it's relatively easy concepts that once you start combining them, it's relatively easy to get lost in the math. I mean, heck, e even when we were walking through the math earlier, you got mixed up. And that's that's not uncommon. Now you figured it out and corrected it almost immediately. But it, like these are complex things that we need to make sure that folks understand. And our job is to try and help it make become as simple as possible and they give strategies and insights on how do we take these complex convoluted heavy math intensive uh, structures and make it make sense to somebody 
you know, in English as opposed to, you know, having it be in multiple different foreign languages. So takeaways from today's podcast, Alex, uh, one, just the difference between actual rate of return and average rate of return. And then I think the biggest one is while understanding a concept is important, tying it together and understanding how it actually fits inside of your finances from a holistic viewpoint is the biggest takeaway. Yeah. How to, uh, how stacking these, these concepts together changes them and makes them different and, and how to look at it, how your money's actually working for you from a real world perspective. Yes. So as always, we hope this was valuable for you and we hope you have a good rest of your day. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. All of the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and events are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Concord Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian with subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives, the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-87669, expiration 10, 2021.